Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Bedoff. Joining me this evening, the on-time Earl Nieto, the on-time Jacob Terrell. Guys, big, big news today from New Mexico United. Obviously, we got the announcement earlier today that the new head coach has been hey, signed. Be, be, before you go that far, before you go that far, here goes the train wreck. <laughs> 10 seconds 40, in. 47 seconds in. Um, and you already insulted me. He said I was on time too. Yeah, but my he didn't single you out. Yeah. Says otherwise. <laughs> what does your shirt have to say have to do with him insulting you? Because he said I was on time. I live in the land of Manana. Yes, but you're on time here tonight. Yeah, I don't believe you. Carry on. Earl. <laughs> Just, just so you know, we try to run a professional show here. The fact that you're on time and here two weeks in a row. And and for the record, uh, for those of you tuning in right now, uh, buckle in because I'm almost positive me and Earl are going to go round and round later. Um, so it should be should be a fun one. Yeah, this is going to be very very interesting. Um, so again, Eric Quill announced as the next head coach of New Mexico United, specifically announced as head coach of New Mexico United. Uh, press conference earlier today was uh, Eric Quill, uh, Inamar Kanan, and David Carl. A lot of topics were covered. If you did not catch that live earlier today over on Facebook and YouTube, go check it out. It might have been on Twitter as well. Go check that out on the club's pages. Lots and lots of information. A great way to get to know new head coach Eric Quill. Uh, he I comes have, in. I have a question for you, Seth. Go ahead. You were there. I was. You've mentioned there were a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like I would, I would, I would say that of all the media that's there, we might be like either the most or the second most like plugged into to soccer at, at USL. Mm-hmm. Um, was there excitement with him? Was it? just kind of a feeling out period. How did the media react to the signing? I think there was a general sense of excitement about this. Now, right. again, you mentioned, you know, we are more plugged into soccer, specifically the USL and MLS than a lot of the other local media, because realistically, and one of the other media members mentioned to me today, he has no one cares about the MLS. Like, well, I, I, I mean, technically yes, but now you have, you know, you've got Lionel, uh, Lionel Messi coming in, you've got possibly Jordi Alba, you've got some other guys looking at make, possibly making a jump to MLS. So there's going to be some more interest there. But in terms of a local sense, like there was definitely some excitement here. You know, most folks did not probably weren't, uh, probably weren't aware of who Eric Quill was. Now, you know, us being familiar with USL, the USL structure, we know that, you know, he was at North Texas a couple of years ago, the run they went on because of Ricardo Pepe, uh, because of, you know, Ronaldo Damas being there, two names who have gone on to do some really great things and obviously Pepe right now is on the verge of being signed to PSV Eindhoven in the Dutch Air Divisie. So, I mean, you know, Eric got Coach Quill got a, got a name for himself over the past couple of years. North Texas SC, obviously an affiliate of FC Dallas, they were really really good in, during his tenure. They end up they went to the playoffs twice. He finished uh, won the championship 2019, finished third in the league in 20, 2020 sixth in the league in 2021 plus 40 goal differential over that time 
or somewhere thereabouts close. I think it's like 38. plus 38. Yeah. 38. Um, at 40 was stuck as it came from some, I saw someone else with about 40 today, but uh, yeah, plus 38 goal differential over three seasons. And I'll, I'll dig in a little deeper there. Um, in his three seasons, his goals four, uh, he was first, first, and then tied for third. Uh, goals against was third, tied for fifth, tied for fourth. Um, so he, 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 I'm not going to say dominated that league because they only won the one title. Um, but offensively, he, they, his team has performed very well. I have some small questions of how much of that was his scheme and management and how much of it was just having more talent than everybody else in league one, um, with Pepe and, and Ronaldo. But, um, I think that's a very legitimate question because, you know, obviously, you know, Damas and, and Pepe are two of the bigger names to come out to have come out of league one in recent years. And I mean, obviously, you know, Pepe has become, you know, one of the biggest names, you know, men's national team going abroad, doing very, very well for himself. Um, and Damas of course, hasn't had quite the same level of success, but he is, he has become a household name within the USL. So yeah. I can, I can I mean, do he, that. He came up, won a championship, mm -hmm. almost single-handedly won the championship for Orange County yeah. uh, in 2021. So, was 21, 21 or two? 21, yeah. Yeah, 21. Um, and so, he definitely had talent there. Uh, we obviously have talent. I think the talent gap between who he had and who the other teams had uh, is what I'm questioning a little bit. Mm -hmm. But he definitely comes in. He's going to be playing a little bit different attacking style for sure. Uh, they, we meant they mentioned that in the press conference. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited. He also is a former player, mm -hmm. uh, in the MLS, um, played for Tampa Bay mutiny, uh, Kansas city wizards, um, go yeah. way back in the MLS. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Metro stars. And so he's, he's Dallas burn. He's, he's, he, he was, he's way back. He's 45. Mm -hmm. Um, think, yeah. I believe that's what uh, what I had looked up, and so he and he was an attacking player uh, when he played. So I'm very excited to see what he can do with the likes of like Alex Wagner, um, Hurst, and Doling, uh, who are all younger players, specifically Wagner. Um, and if he can come in and and uh, I know I'm not saying that he didn't have a hand in Pepe and Damas becoming who they are. Obviously, he did. Um, but I think they also had a lot of natural talent like our guys do. So I'm very excited about that portion of the signing and the offense. Uh, and even the defense, I mean, third, fifth, and and fourth in goals against is is pretty good. So it's definitely definitely has some success. I crunched a few more numbers. His uh, average points per game uh, over the three years there was 1.72. Uh, to put that in some context, uh, Troy in his seasons here was 1.43 and Zach was 1.61 to put those numbers in even a little bit more context. If you take that 1.72 from Eric and extrapolate it over the 34 game season comes out to 54.48 points per season. Uh, whereas Troy was at 48.62 and Zach was at 54.74. So, um, Clearly an upgrade in that statistic. Uh, maybe not as big as some might have thought um, with, with the Zach, uh, Zach, Zach uh, 
contingent out there thinking he was atrocious. Um, he was his points per game is only four points per season behind uh, what Quill averaged there in North Texas. So, um, but I I think he's I think he's going to come in and and has potential to do really really good right now. Yeah, he talked about that, and one of the things I talked about last week was the the, the win percentage uh, of Troy and of and of Zach, and there was a, there was a slight drop off, but then again, you know, there the the sample size is a lot bigger with Troy. You look at you know you you, you look at Eric's time with North Texas, he had a forty eight percent win percentage with North Texas. If you add in if you throw in all the matches in which he gained a point in you know which he gained a positive result, that number goes up to seventy six percent. That's why I don't like the win percentage stat yeah. in soccer. That's why I like the points per game. But uh, but no, he definitely it was successful in North Texas. Yeah, no, he absolutely was. And you know, he, he went from obviously you know, did work there, went to FC Dallas, helped with FC Dallas, and went up to to Columbus Crew, where he's you know, been working there as assistant coach, or he did up until the end of last season. And so you know, he has a lot of experience working hands on with players. He spoke at length today about. The about being involved in the development of players. And so, you know, he, he said he's going to get into the academy in time. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants to let the guys who've been there right now, you know, Junro and those guys, you know, continue to, to have their mark on it. And once he gets, and what he said today specifically was that he's going to, he wants to start with the first team. Once the first team is stable and going, then he's going to look down at the academy as well and start there. Now we have a solid foundation from the bottom all the way to the top. And so, like, he said a lot of things today that really seemed to resonate well with the media and the supporters groups that were in attendance and the, you know, the folks from First Financial and, you know, the club members who were there. And, you know, listening to him and Itamar talk about what they want to do and the coaching search and how, you know, how Coach Quill met all six requirements that the club is looking for and the next head coach. Like I'm really stoked about this, about this hiring here. Earl, how do you feel? Earl? Earl, do you have feelings? (laughs) So, um, I actually have a live video of myself while you guys were talking all those numbers and all that shenanigan whatnots. Okay. I have is, a live. We have a live video of you right now. Is it is that Galifianakis? Oh, oh, you can't. Like, you can't add it, can you? <laughs> What'd you do, <laughs> folks? We have no idea what Earl's doing at this point. Okay, we'll come back to you, Earl. You yeah. figure your shit out. Yeah, you were muted. Yes, no, maybe. <laughs> Did it not share or what? No, I had it up there and you took it away. It was there for like I two and a half seconds. That. Well, yeah, I stopped sharing because it was over. Was it just the person with the question marks? Yeah. You're wasting five minutes of our time for a cartoon with question marks around his head? God, geez, shut up. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, let's let's try this again, Roll. Let's try this again, Roll. How do you feel about the new coach? Actually, awesome. I am, thank I, you. <laughs> Quality show, folks. Um, I'm actually excited about it. I mean, all those numbers you threw at me made no fucking sense at all. Um, 
Man, I thought so, I dumbed it down enough for you, Earl. So good job on numbers. Um, I thought I dumbed it down a lot, honestly, but okay. Math are yeah, hard. Anyways, <laughs> once, you, once you throw more than two two numbers there, I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking done. Um, anyways, besides that, I'm excited about it. I mean, I can't wait to see how long it takes for Cole to start the quick quill movement. Um, to be fair, Cole's not the most egregious of the fire dot 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 uh contingency of the club yeah but he's like the pack leader it seems like as soon as he throws it out there then all of a sudden it's okay to do it and everyone else follows and it then becomes a dick off on who can do it more fair enough all right seth go ahead um come back to my hug you know, and that's yeah. I know there was already comments over on on the United Nation talking about who's gonna be the first to start criticizing Coach. Like, seriously, the man has had one training session. Is there well, no, I fun? think I think that comment of who's gonna be the first to criticize is making fun of the people that criticize the coach all the time. You think so? Um, yeah, Can for sure, hundred percent. Can we take bets? Is there like a sports book on this one? There's not. There's not. <laughs> it just it just seems to me that you know like. And, and I haven't gone back since uh, a conversation you and I were having back and forth with someone on Twitter earlier. And I haven't gone back to look at it since, but United Nations seemed very, very quiet, at least the last time I looked. And so it would be interesting to get the reaction from other folks. If you're in the chat with us on YouTube, Facebook, you know, Jacob, you and I talked to Harry about it. Harry said he really liked this hiring. John Morrissey on Twitter was really high on this hiring. Uh, the folks that covered North Texas were really high on this hiring. And, and so, like, it seems like it's going to be an all-around good fit from what we've gathered, from what we know about him, from what he's talked about, what he wants to do tactically so far. He wants to play more aggressive. He wants to be more, you know, attacking-minded. He he tends to run a 4-3-3, which may look like a 4-2-4 at times. And, you know, he talked about pressing and, you know, putting pressure on, on opponents. And so he wants, you know, it sounds like he wants to get the wingers involved and get them forward because a lot of times right now we see Greg Hurst pushing up you know i talked about this on one on seven this afternoon you see greg hurst or you know the central mids pushing forward and putting pressure on on opponents but now you know you may see santi get more involved you may see you know brucey more involved on, on that right wing you or whoever's over there on the right you may be amando moreno or sergio rivas out there from wide or maybe even miles Merritt. you know like andres robles seeing these guys get involved and i think that's something that's going to look a little bit different and it could lead to some more interesting opportunities. But he, he talked about it and he said, you know, we have to we have to play better. We have to do better. It's about creating more opportunities, creating more chances. And so, you know, he said a lot of things that that people want to hear. And, you know, it, it's it, it's what, from a physical look in terms of how we come out. It's not necessarily going to look all that different, but how we play is going to look different. It, he plays Ooh. a traditional four at the back. And he said, you know, he wanted the the, the outside backs to have the, the the freedom to go forward, but I don't think you're going to see as many necessarily as many overlapping runs or as many bombing runs as you would see with the you know, the wing back situation that we were running. So uh, I think that gives us a little bit more flexibility defensively. I think it, I think it gives us a little bit more coverage, but it also allows guys like Brucey to get forward and put themselves in position to to have an impact. You know, we, you saw Austin last week against Tampa Bay getting forward a lot. 
you know. Um, and again, I think that comes from that more of a wingback mentality, but I, I don't think we see that necessary as much, but they'll still look for opportunities to do that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see particularly who, in, who, for me, who anchors that midfield, you know, and that, and that almost like that, like I said, a four, two, four, almost It'd be interesting to see like who anchors that, you know, personally, we, just, well, we know it's going to be Portillo and, yeah. and probably Sam to That's start with. Yeah. Um, unless we don't have center backs, uh, and Sam has to be in the back line, but I, tactic wise, I'm not like, I don't, I don't know. I would, I tried to, I went back and watched a little bit of a North Texas match, uh, from his time there, but I just don't know exactly what we're going to gleam off of that, especially this year with him not having his fingerprints on the roster yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to go back to the presser a little bit. Uh, what, there were a few things that stuck out to me that was said both by him and Itamar. Um, was there anything that really stuck out to either of you guys uh, from the presser that was said? I mean, realistically, I mean, there's any number of things. Like I, I was listening in, I was like, okay, like this, like just listening to what he was saying really makes a lot of sense. You know, I, his, his philosophy sounds pretty well. Like he wants to get ingrained. He wants to get, you know, he wants to focus on the first team. He's saying there's no reason that we can't be hosting a playoff game this year. He said there's no reason that we can't, you know, be doing these things. Um, You know, and he, he talked at length about, you know, and part of that is bringing in the homegrown talent, you know, looking at New Mexican talent, signing them, getting them into the first team and, you know, signing their first professional contracts and, but yeah, he he seems adamant that yeah, there's more than enough talent here with this club to be competitive and pushing for playoffs every single year. We should be hosting a playoff game. The fans deserve it, and you know he he's adamant. There's a, there's a belief that the players need, and that he has in this club. And the and he was very very uh, positive about the job that the coaching staff and the players that are here have done already, and that there's a great jumping off point. That the the health of the locker room is fantastic. It's not like there's negative, you know, it's like there's, there's not a negative sense in, in the atmosphere, in the, in the locker room. The guys are ready and willing to go out and work and do what needs to be done. And, you know, the, the sense today talking to him and talking to some other folks is that training today, there was a much different feel than there had been. And so it seemed lighter. The guys were enjoying them, enjoying themselves, you know, to an extent, you know, like they were putting in the work. And there was a, just a different sense. There's a different feeling in the atmosphere of training today. And so, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens this week and, and going forward. And so like, there's so many things to me that stick out that he said. And, you know, Inamar too. Inamar was adamant that this is the guy, you know, because it was a, it, while they've been searching for, for a while, when they, and, and Coach talked about, you know, how he get, how Inamar got in touch with them. Um, you know, it seemed like it was very, very quick and how he'd been, you know, uh, watching the club from afar for a number of years. And so, like, it seems like he's all he's had his eyes on the job. He said, this is the job that I would be interested in at some point. And when the opportunity came, he said, you don't pass this up. So, yeah, it's it, it's been it was a very interesting conversation. Here. Yeah, that that uh, well, first, Earl, do you have anything, a specific piece of the presser that stuck out to you? instead of a recap of the whole presser like Seth tried to do? <laughs> um, no, because to be honest, I watched a little bit of it, but I 
I'm about to get muted, I think. You were, you were. But then you shut up, so I was like, yeah, he he's on to me, he knows. How do you not watch the presser? We're about no, to do a podcast about the newest coach signing. <gasps> and Listen. you don't go back and rewatch the whole presser? It was 22 minutes. I know, it's been a day. Ladies and um, gentlemen, we are a professional podcast. We bring you all the you can, notes. Listen, you can, hear me out. You can go to the bathroom at work and watch half of it, and then go back to the bathroom 30 minutes later and watch the second half of it. Sir, that is unethical, and that's a waste of, of taxpayer dollars. Not if you really have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so, no, I started watching some of it, and then I had a meeting at 1 o'clock, so I had to hop off. Um, I meant to get back in there. I just it was over it. by one o'clock. Actually, it wasn't. It was still going on at one o'clock. Maybe, but it was pretty much over at one o'clock. Yeah. Um. So I just didn't get a chance to get back in it and watch it. And then I got home kind of later in the afternoon, not at the five thirty that I anticipated. Um, but instead, of like almost seven o'clock. You could have listened to it on the car ride home. No, because I was you talking could've. to my girlfriend at the time. Um, your girlfriend at the time? She's not your girlfriend that, anymore. Thank you, Earl. Okay, fine. Uh, real, fine. Real quick, real quick. Fine. Jacob, are you supplanting Earl as the comedic relief of the show? I've always been the comedic relief of the show. Y'all <laughs> just didn't know it. Um, so at the time, I was talking to my girlfriend. That's better. <laughs> Sorry, mix the words. Um, cause yes, I am still in a relationship. English are hard. English is, is, is much hard. Wow. That was, I don't even know. Anyways. Okay. Well, a couple so, yeah. things, a couple so things. The little, so the little bit that did stick out was the fact that he wants to attack. I mean, yeah, I know we've heard that before. Um, so whether he actually does it or not, that'd be great. You love um, me, Robert. You love me. You turned oh. on team Earl for about a month and a half there. I just hope you remember that. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. So just the fact that he wants to attack and he wants to, <clears throat> he wants to go out and attack for the full time. That's, that's kind of what stuck out to me just because the past couple matches, we haven't seen that. Yeah. That was an interesting comment there as well. You know, he, he talked about the energy level and the effort for a full 90 plus minutes and not just 60. Well, he's clearly watched the games. Yeah. He was uh, side note. Uh, I freaking saw him at the El Paso match, but I did not know who he was and I did not realize we were going to be looking for a new head coach. So it didn't even cross my mind to be like, oh, I wonder who that was. I did see Itamar and I thought that was kind of strange because last I had heard he was not there. Uh, and then it eventually came out and he was the new uh, sporting director and all that. But I didn't even snap that he might have had the new coach already there before the announcement was even made. So I did think that was kind of strange. So he definitely watched that match, which that match had maybe 30 minutes of a good energy and then the rest was eh. So uh, he, he's definitely been doing his homework. I mean, obviously, if he was at that match, they were already talking to him and and somebody, I believe somebody, maybe you guys can remind me, uh, one of us might have said that we were going to hire somebody this week. Do you remember Do you remember which one of us uh, said that? No? No? It might have been you, but, you know. Oh, okay. In, I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember. In that discussion. Hold, hold, the, hold the fuck up. Hold the fuck up. Because I do believe that this, the, the guy above me, with you know, the guy with all the all the memorabilia behind him, um, I do believe he was giving Hemi more than one week. 
No. No, I said they were going to hire somebody this week. I would not be surprised if they hired somebody this week. We'll see. I'll go back and check the tape. Check the tape, man. You guys were the ones that were... Seth was especially like, oh, maybe we'll hire him after the 4th of July. Yeah, I, I did say that. And, you know, and, and you, I sent you guys a text off, you know, uh, yeah, you off did. air. You did. You know, because it, we, we kind of talked about it before. You know, when we all come in and have the exact same, you know, you know, point and we all have the exact same thing that we want to say. Like we all, we're all in agreement. It's like kind of makes for a bit of a boring conversation, you know? So there have been times where each of us has taken that opposite viewpoint or a different viewpoint to try to keep the conversation. I speak my truth. That's all I know. <laughs> if it's the same as y'all's, sorry, but I'm, I'm going to speak my truth, but no, I, Mr. I won't use the same score line as anybody else. I try not to. <laughs> Score lines are stupid, though. Speak like, truth. How how are you going to predict a score line? Like if if I wanted to do it statistically, I would say two one every time because that's the most common score line. Yeah, but you do it. I think the two two or three times that you've guessed it right, it's been against United, and that's just blasphemous. That's just <laughs> ridiculous. But anyways, I, I, him being announced this week, him being at the El Paso match kind of surprised me. Um, Itamar talking about uh, adding players mm-hmm. was refreshing. I think we all kind of maybe knew, hey, with a new coach, we might be getting uh, a couple new players. David was quick to step in and reiterate that it was for depth purposes and that they were very happy with the players that we have, which I'm sure is true. Mm-hmm. I don't know how if... <laughs> if uh one thing that one thing that Eric said that uh caught my ear was that it's kind of a clean slate for the roster and that people that were maybe on the fringes now have a chance to to be front and center which means people in front and center might be pushed to the edges and I don't know if you are watching this from the outside and watching some of the players that we've had playing a lot of minutes, um, you don't say, well, why is he playing that many minutes? And then you come in and Eric comes in and coaches. I wouldn't be surprised if some of these players that are getting a lot of minutes that haven't been performing well um, maybe end up not getting as many minutes, especially if we bring in some some more some more talent and some more players. Yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting comment there as well. Um, and, and I don't think that... So before you go any further, I'm looking at you, Sam. Uh, Folks, I was, we knew, we I was talking was about him. I was talking about him. So, yeah, you. I think you're trying to bait Earl into that there just a little bit. I um, wasn't. I just like it, with with the with Juan Pablo Guzman. I never really got to talk to Juan Pablo Guzman. So it was a little easier for me to criticize him. I have, I mean, Sam's been here since year one. Um, he's been in several press conferences, unlike Juan Pablo Guzman, who was very in very rare, very few of them, if any. Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and so having the chance to talk to to Sam in the presser, having the chance to talk to Sam at at different events, uh, media days, and stuff like that. Uh, it's harder for me to criticize his on the field 
play because I, I really admire Sam as an individual and as a person. Um, but yeah, his, he is, he's not, he's not looked great this year. Yeah. He, I mean, he's definitely had his moments where he hasn't looked great. He's also had moments where he's looked really good, you know? Um, and, you know, Earl's going to try to blaspheme he, Sam here uh, at some point, but yeah, it was a really, we're, we're probably going to end the show before that point though. Cause we're already 30 minutes in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it was an interesting, it was a very interesting comment there, you know, from Edmar uh, and, and really all three of them talking about, you know, the roster, um, you know, and David did mention, you know, the depth and they like where it's, you know, they kind of like where it's at, you know, everyone is involved, everyone's ingrained, everyone's getting opportunities. And Edmar did say that the phone has been ringing off the hook with offers to either loan players or, you know, sign players. And so there's clearly interest here with, uh, with Coach Quill coming in, not that there wasn't interest before, because New Mexico United is, is a place that players want to come and play, and they've it, because we've signed players, we've developed players, moved them on, um, and we're competitive every year. And so I, I thought it was really interesting to 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 hear that, and then um, you know for them to say, yeah, we're we're not to not like say we're done, we're not we're not going to sign anybody, but they are actively, you know, they are they're constantly looking and evaluating talent and you know looking at possibilities to and ways to make the club better. So it's something well, that he is looking at. And, and last week when um Itamar was announced to be back with the club, that I kind of saw that coming because last year, if you remember with Itamar as the director of player personnel, I believe was his title last mm-hmm. year. Um, we signed, uh, several players, uh, mid season and made several moves mid season, which we had not seen a lot of the first, uh, <laughs> uh, Robert, uh, we haven't, we didn't see a lot of in season player movement the first two or three seasons. Um, but last year we probably saw the most of it with Itamar as the director of player personnel. And so with him being back in the sporting director role or back into a role as sporting director, uh, I think you, you have to expect some kind of movement uh, throughout the season coming in. And, and that excites me because I do think that is needed over the course of a 34 match season plus the playoffs. Um, I definitely think you need to add, uh, especially when you've taken away, I think what was our roster at the beginning of the season? If I remember right with the Academy players, I think it was like 23, 23, yeah. 23, 22. Well, you have Nava out injured. You transferred Zali out. You have Suggs being injured on and off. You've had Weehan injured on and off. Suspensions. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, we, right. Uh, suspensions. Hurt. Seymour's hurt. Um, so, when you only have two full-time center backs or three, sorry, three, uh, and two of them are hurt, which I think was the case in Tampa Bay since Kelowna wasn't even on the 18. Um, and I thought he has done well in his limited time to where I don't think it was a coaching decision, especially with Seymour missing another game. Um, I can only assume that him and Seymour were hurt. So then you have to put Sam back there. And then you don't have anybody else. If Sam or Ryden were to go down, we're in a world of hurt at center back. And so definitely plan on seeing some moves uh, to at least bring up that back line, bringing in some, somebody to help that back line out. But uh, 
hearing them say it and hearing the way that Adamar said it, uh, you know, talking about the phone ringing a lot and this and that and the other, I think, uh, I think that's going to, that, that reassures me that, Hey, we, we're going to make moves. We've got players that, uh, we like, but acknowledge that depth is an issue and we need depth in this long season because injuries are inevitable. <clears throat> so when you said that we would be in a world of hurt if Sam or Kalen went down at center back, I mean, we were in a world of hurt already as it was with Sam and Kalen back there. <laughs> so I think, I think, I think Sam at center back is better than Sam at defensive mid. Yeah, except um, when he, ex- yeah, and you're not wrong. Don't mention that first goal, Earl. Do not mention that first goal. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Except when he does shenanigans like this. Earl brought uh, audio video. What do you want? He's in the right position. What are you? What are you talking about? Like he that or not? Oh my God, Earl. He's right there. Like that was a really he's good got, shot. He's got two guys to his right that he has to account for. What do you want him to do? Leave two guys wide open? Stay in possession. This, stay I, in sorry. Position, I mean, this this is worse than the first goal calling him out on. Mm-hmm. He's not even involved in this play. His d- defensive responsibility there is to protect the far post. And he's got two players running to that far post, and he does his best to get in between Dennis and those two people. And then you're going to criticize him because Dennis cut away from him and put it past two other defenders and past Timbakis to the near post? That's that's ridiculous, Earl. Okay, hold on. Let me get to the next part where you, you mentioned he was not involved. Um, let me get to the next part. Hold on a second. I got you on... The next episode of not being involved. Okay, well, while you're thinking that, me and me and uh, me and Seth are actually going to answer a question here because Robert actually had a legit question for us for once. Yep. Uh, do you think? Do y'all think Moir and Hurst have been disappointments so far this season? Seth, your thoughts. All right, so I think they've had some lackluster performances, but. I, I wouldn't classify them as disappointments because you look at the issues that we've had generating opportunities, generating chances. I mean, realistically, we haven't been great at getting Hurst the ball. We really haven't been, at least not in positions where he can do anything with it. And over the past few weeks, you see Santi more and more putting himself in, you know, working to put himself in position to, to, to make cuts, to play the ball in. Cause we've seen, I think we've seen more crosses from Santi this season than I've ever seen out of Santi, you know, um, and, and to see him, you know, cutting back to his right and looking for opportunities to shoot and looking for ways to drag defenders, you know, because he's dragging them out wide, he's dragging them to the right. He's Santi's doing the things that you want to see out of Santi. He's also dragging them to the ground, but it hasn't converted to you know to the chances on goal for Santi yet. You know, um, he's not getting as many opportunities. And same thing for Hurst. Like Hurst has not had great, uh, great delivery at all. He really hasn't. You look at a lot of our opportunities, like, you know, he's not getting the ball at his feet um, to where he really needs it, to where he can, you know, turn and, uh, you know, turn on goal and make a shot or, you know, hold up the ball and make a play for someone else. So 
I wouldn't classify them as disappointments, but I do think that it's it's not where we want them to be. I don't think they've been as involved as we would like them to be. I I think the offense as a whole has been a disappointment. Um, so if you want to include more and Hurst in there, you're you have every right to. Um, I, I think similar to what Seth has said, Moore has looked better as the season has gone on. Um, and, and I think that Tampa game, uh, which we did, uh, we haven't mentioned it because we had bigger news, uh, bigger fish to fry, but, uh, we did lose three to two in Tampa over the weekend. Um, which I know you and, and Earl hopped on and, and chatted about a little bit. Um, or at least I, I think you did. I know yeah, you guys did. were on. I don't know how much you chatted about that because uh, Earl was involved. So um, uh, did, did you watch the game, Earl? I did. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I think Moore looked really good at moments during that match. And, and Hurst, as we talked about ad nauseum last year, center forwards require service. Uh, I think Hurst has done a good job of dropping back mm-hmm. and, and being that uh, kind of playmaker. Uh, behind another nine um, or that match with, or that stretch with him and Doling kind of working the one and two um, was our best offensive stretch of the season. And he, he did really well there. So he's at least had some bright moments and he's finished really well uh, when he has been given the opportunity. So I, I would say if, if you were going to classify just them as disappointments, I would say maybe more, but not Hurst. Uh, but even more is coming around and, and I think that this new coaching signing uh, and and the new spark that we might get from it. Uh, I know Aaron, I think it was Aaron Reader last week was saying the new coaching bump. Um, we, well, we we might actually see that this week, which is nice. And, and I think Moore and Hurst probably have the most to gain from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so short answer, yes. Uh, long answer, the whole offense has been a disappointment. So um, since their offensive players are going to be grouped in with that, but I think they've done bright things and at least Hurst has finished the opportunities that have been given. Yeah. I agree with you on that stretch of play he had there with, uh, when Dolling went, went on his run. And, and that was one of the things that we talked about with Zach. He talked about, you know, we talked about how it looked almost like a four, four, two, but you had, uh, you know, Dolling and Hurst both taking opportunities to drop deeper and receive the ball and then turn and get forward. And so that's where, where Hurst has really done well this year. But again, as in terms of him getting opportunities and getting the, the, you know, the delivery that he needs, it hasn't really happened. So he's done some very good things, but in terms of, yeah, his own opportunities, things they'll there, they haven't been there. Yeah. And it's been more of like a four, two, three, one, uh, when we've had that guy drop back there, which, which I've been really happy with that, how that formation had performed at times. Um, and that's, that's the thing that, like I almost think no matter who comes in or who came in, whether it was Eric Quill or um, Joe Schmo off the street, uh, if you can get the energy up, I think the tactics were fairly sound under Zach. And despite what a lot of people complained about, I to me, my biggest problem was the lack of energy and and you know, want to attack. And so if you get this new coach in there, I think if you got any new coach in there, let alone one that I think will be as good as Eric, um, you're going to see improvement 
even if the tactics don't really change, which we, we kind of talked about earlier, but uh, tactics to me, aren't going to, I'm not going to, until we see him actually coach a game, I'm probably going to even throw this first game out the window. And, and honestly, maybe even these first three, uh, just because he's not going to have a whole lot of time to implement stuff. You know, we've got RGV Saturday, Phoenix, Wednesday, Caro Springs, the following Saturday. Um, so it's going to be bam, bam, bam. And so I don't know how much he's going to actually be able to implement of his own style, but I still think we see an improvement just because I think the energy and the desire and passion is going to be there, uh, which I'm excited for. Yeah. So you got to touch on some of Robert's questions here. <laughs> NMU has had a tough spell of games, few, few plays here, there, and they pick up points. Think the new coach can inspire the team. If so, how, and will old players buy into a new manager style slash system? Um, so yeah, like I said, you kind of touched on some of that already. Earl, what do you think um, about that? Do you think that he comes in and we see an energy bump? Again, you know, like I mentioned earlier, that folks I talked to at the facility today said there was a different feeling about the, the about the center today, about training this morning. And so it already seems like some of that's kind of trickling in. Um, and, and to what Jacob said, you know, three matches in seven days, you know, it's going to be really hard to really instill a, you know, what exactly he wants to do because next week's going to be very limited training with all the travel or not to travel, but like with matches coming by you know, some so quick. You know, so Earl, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think he can inspire the team just because it's, it's going to sound terrible when it comes out, but it's going to come out this way. Um, it's, it's a shiny new toy is what it is. So everyone wants to try the new toy and see what it's all about. Um, so with that, everyone wants to, I mean, right now, everyone's essentially walking on eggshells. If you want to play next season here, I mean, now's your chance to show the new coach what you have. Um, so the old players that performed very lackluster, like the 69th minute, uh, specifically 69-21, um, like that guy, he needs to step up or he won't be here next season. Um, so will old players buy into a new manager system and style? I, My guess is yes, because if they don't, they're going to be riding the bench. Earl, do you have a uh, do you have video evidence of said accusation? <laughs> oh, I hoped you would ask. Let's, and let's I see guess this. I have like piss poor quality internet today, so that's life. Today, you've missed shows recently because. Of <laughs> Let's okay. look at this guy. Okay, so he rotates back mid. Nope, he missed it. Right. Well, let me just stop and just look around what's going on here. Oh, shit, there's still a soccer game being played? What are you talking about, Earl? There's, there's nothing wrong I, with what he we're, did. We're there. moving on. We're moving on. I muted him. <laughs> I got rid of his video. We're moving on. Uh, Robert. Uh, yeah, I think he can inspire the team because I, I kind of agree with Earl that you know he he mentions in the presser it's can it's a new slate and uh, you know 
just because you've been starting doesn't mean you're going to keep starting. Just because you've been on the bench doesn't mean you're going to stay on the bench. And if that doesn't inspire you as a player, then I frankly just don't want you on the team. So I think I think he will inspire people. I think his track record, um, you know, his his attitude, his ability to to uh, build younger guys up uh, is definitely going to inspire a, a lot of players. And and like if you're Hurst and Doling, Wagner's already been taking minutes, right? Like he's already been in pretty much every match uh, after the first couple. If this guy comes in and can build him up even more, you're gonna have to go out there and bust your ass to keep getting minutes. Uh, if if Wagner is gonna demand minutes of his own, so I do think that they that will inspire players to at least pick up their game. As for the system and the style, I, I think this group of players. Um, you know, we've got several from the first year. Uh, so they've kind of been in the same system slash style for four, four and a half or four and a quarter years now. Um, and and it might take them a minute to get used to a different voice uh, that they haven't been hearing. But from what we've heard, from what Seth has said, uh, from what they said at the presser, the guys have already kind of bought in. Eric was all imp- was very impressed with everybody already um, in his first meeting with them. And so, yeah, I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. And as for um, your your next comment about having to pick up points against a lot of the teams you rattled off, that I wasn't. That's very true. I wasn't saying anything about uh, not picking up points. I'm just not going to look at the tactics of those matches and say, okay, this is how Eric wants to play. Um, yeah, because there's, there's obviously going to be an adjustment. Yeah, it. that'll that'll take different. time. Uh, that'll take time and possibly even some new players and stuff like that. And maybe even not till next year when we've got an off season for him to, uh, you know, bring in players and, and build the roster how he wants and implement his style throughout a preseason and stuff like that. So uh, I'm not going to sit here and go, Oh, after three ma- after these next three matches, this is clearly how he wants to play. It's going to be a four, three, three, and this is what they're going to do with him. And this is what they're going to do with this guy. And, and this guy's not going to play anymore, uh, or this guy's going to play even more now. Or I'm not going to going to count these next three matches as and take what we see on the pitch as truth, because he's just not going to have time to do exactly what he wants to do between now and well. I, and I even think it's farther than that because I think it's I think it's two weeks. We've got matches Wednesdays. We've got matches each Wednesday and Saturday from here until after the 4th of July, if I'm not mistaken. So it's, it's going to come at us fast and, and we're going to have to make adjustments and pick up points. I completely agree with that part, Robert. Um, we don't have a match on June 28th, which, oh, that's Wednesday. April. Okay. So it's, it's this Wednesday, a Wednesday off and then the next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So it's still, I mean, We'll have a week off there, uh, a week between matches to train uh, that last week of June. But other than that, it's, I mean, it's, we're right in the thick of it here. And so at least these next three are at home. So we won't have to travel as well as, uh, as well as train. We can just focus on the training between the games and, and looking at some tactical stuff. And so 
I'm I'm pretty optimistic that we'll get some stuff out of these next three matches. Eric actually mentioned, um, you know, when we were talking about hosting a playoff game this season and how how doable that is. He said we're only eight points out of of hosting a playoff game right now. We've got three home matches against opponents that we're at least should be equal to, if not better than. Um, and so theoretically you come in, you take care of the three matches at home and, and you're right, right smack in the middle of everything. So, um, I, I expect the team to come out at least Saturday against RGV and, and definitely, you know, buy into, to the energy that he's bringing for this first match, at least. Speaking of this Saturday at, uh, against RGV, um, I mean, let's just get, we're, we're not going to really jump into Tampa Bay. I mean, we're already, you know, 50 minutes in. So we'll just talk about RGV. You know, obviously new manager in, not a lot of time to instill his entire system. There's going to be some adjustment going in. RGV is a tricky, tricky club. Are they as good as we've seen them in the past? I don't think so. But you look at their recent results. They put up, they beat San Diego Loyal a couple weeks ago by a final 3-2. They also, you know, so... So RGV is a club that can put goals on some people. They are a team that can score. They are a team that can struggle at times. So like, I think RGV is lacking an identity. I think they're lacking, you know, uh, like really a lot of confidence, but they're a team that you don't want to overlook. So looking at Saturday, you know, new manager bounce, you know, could it be a thing? Absolutely. You know, what needs to happen Saturday against RGV? Sorry, I'm looking through. I have RGV is like not been on my radar at all this year. So go ahead, Earl. Go ahead. I'm looking at some stuff real quick. Well, I mean, you better look quick because you want the obvious answer. Score more goals. Score goals. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Earl. Thanks for that brilliant insight. Yeah. I mean, that's why we get, that's why he gets paid the big bucks. Mm -hmm. So. So you mentioned them beating San Diego, and uh, I was looking at that was back on. That was that's it was sarcasm. Get paid the big bucks, and then I did quotation marks. Come on, pick up on these things. The the win against San Diego was a month ago, mm-hmm. um, and then since then, uh, <laughs> it is it has not necessarily been pretty. Three nothing lost, two nothing lost, two nothing lost, and then a three three draw. Um, and yeah, so, like I said, they're very Jekyll and Hyde. That's that, that's kind of what I'm I'm what I'm getting at. Is yeah. well, I'm not even, I'm not even sure they're Jekyll and Hyde. Like they they might just be Hyde. Uh, aside, I mean, everybody's going to get lucky once in a while, but they they're sitting with a minus ten goal differential. Uh, they've played one more match than us, but they have two less points. Um, and so it's not there. There's not a lot of Mister or there's not a lot of Doctor Jekyll in there. Is what I'm saying. They, they might be a little Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but it's it's mostly Mr. Hyde. Um, that being said, they're just a weird team. They always have been. They always will be. Of course, going there is always a little bit weirder. We've talked about playing down there uh, a lot. We talked about it with Zach earlier in the season because uh, we did go down there and play, I want to say, like the two, second, two draw, second or yeah. third week. Uh, okay, so it was May 5th. So... So yeah, we we've gone down there. That was the game that we scored two late equalizers after we were down, uh, um, after we were down two nothing there. So, fun um, fact: they're better on the road than at home this year. That doesn't surprise me necessarily. Uh, it's probably not by much. Uh, they are winless. Two wins. At home. Yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. But um, 
so yeah, I they're a team that you definitely don't overlook. I do think we're lucky uh, in the sense that you know, you know, maybe if Zach's still here, and we've got you know Phoenix and Colorado Springs coming up, that that can they could maybe get overlooked. But with the changes that we've been having, uh, bringing in this new coach, I do think that there's no way in hell we overlook them uh, because it's going to be his first coaching, uh, his first match coaching um, this season. And and I don't, I think that we come in and definitely are are locked in for him and and can come away with with three points. Uh, I, I and honestly, I think if we just play with the intensity and the attacking passion attacking drive uh that we did against them in the stoppage time uh or against a team like monterey bay when we played them at home here a while back or loudon when we played them on the road that will you know we'll we'll end up being able to take care of business earl who do you think uh coach quill is able to unlock the soonest in terms of getting a better performance out of them on the pitch, um, especially being here at home for the next three matches. I mean, it's hard to say, but I would love to see Wags be unlocked more and have more of a, more of a goal producing appearance at home. I mean, he has one goal at home. I want to say it's one goal all season. Um, I might be wrong. So if you can fact check that, that'd be cool. Uh, I know. In the, I know. In the USL Championship, he only has one goal. I think he has one in the Open Cup, um, but I, I I'm not sure there. Yeah, I'm not too. I'm not 100 sure. Um, but yeah, so if he can unlock Wags and just let him do his thing and just score goals, that'd be great. Um, or even Hurst, if he can unlock Hurst and just really, if he can unlock the attackers, that'd be perfect. And I think that's why he was brought in. You, you mentioned earlier the, they, that he checked all six boxes that we were looking for. Do we have an idea of what those six boxes were? Yeah, Itamar did actually say that um, in the press conference. Did I, he? I, okay. Yeah, he did actually mention you know, the six different things that they, that they had on their list. He said you know, there were you know, several coaches you know, hit four or five of them, but you know, when, they talked to, when they talked to Eric, he hit all six. It was very apparent you know, early on in the process of talking to him that, that he hit everything the club's looking for. And so I, I believe one of those was an attacking style. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he's definitely going to come in and bring a different style into the attack. Uh, might Tactically might not be a whole lot different, but mentality wise, I think it's going to be uh, the biggest difference. And, and so yeah, I he, think- did, he did mention that, that he wanted New Mexico United to be a, an exciting place to be an exciting, right. exciting, exciting show to watch. watch. Yeah. Yeah, because he talked about tickets and and if you're buying that ticket, you want to make sure that it was a good investment and stuff. So yeah, he definitely is going to bring that. And so I think, I think if I th- I think the easiest person to probably unlock is Moore. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably right there, and just needs a little bit of a nudge. And I think with this new new mindset of attack, 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 uh, if you can if you can play, because I think part of the the issue, and you touched on this a little bit earlier, Seth, was, you know, when you got Santi out there and then Austin makes an overlapping run, um, Santi, I think, might not be as aggressive as you want him to be because now he doesn't have a defender behind him uh, if there is a turnover. And so he played a little tighter, 
tie, playing a little tighter is actually when you tend to turn the ball over more, and that's what's led to some downside. So if if what you were saying uh, kind of comes true a little bit and, and Austin doesn't make as many overlapping runs and you just give Santi the ball and say, hey, go do what you do best, beat this guy off the dribble, and either get a shot off or put in a cross to Hurst or Wagner and don't worry about defending or don't worry about who's got your back because we've got people that have your back. Just go do you. Uh, I think that's a great way to unlock him. And, and we might be able to see, uh, see him kind of flip a switch and, uh, and all of a sudden be way more dangerous. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that at all. I think that's where the, I think that's where the biggest change in mentality and, right. you know, play is actually going to come from is, you know, that the set, the set of forwards, you know, whether it's Santi on the right. wing or it's Hurst and Wags in the middle, you know, or Amanda out wide, whatever, whatever the case may be. I feel like that's where we're going to see the most potential come from. So, I mean, I, I, you could, you could pick out Santi, you could pick out Greg, you could pick out, you know, uh, Wags. I mean, you could point out any of these guys as having the potential to really step up with what uh, Coach Quill wants to do. So, um, real did, quick, I, guys, did I hear um, Jacob say flip the switch? Yes. Maybe. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, Earl, your fans are going to be happy that you have the soundboard back. Uh, (laughs) Your fan. Your fan. Fan, not fans. Yeah, Yeah, because my my other fan is down sick right now. So Um, that's why you were early. It wasn't because anything else except for she's busy. (laughs) She's sick. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, any thoughts of benching Timbacus for Parker? I know Seth has mentioned before. I, I don't know that I've mentioned that. I think I've, I've mentioned giving him an opportunity uh, to start, you know, especially because Alex, I think Alex was hurt a while back, um, giving him a chance to, to start in in in, uh, in league play um, or a schedule condition or something. I think that's why I mentioned it. But I, I, yeah, I wouldn't replace Alex with, with Parker. No, no. Um, but before we get out of here, let's get some score predictions for a Saturday night at home United against RGV at seven o'clock at the lab. If you don't have your tickets, get your tickets out there. First game head coach, Eric Quill in charge. So Earl, let's start with you. Do nothing. Us. Okay. Jacob. Hold on. Hold on. I I might've just had a stroke. I just heard nothing. Us. What was the actual score line there? Two nothing. Okay, I didn't hear the two part. I just heard nothing. Us and I was like, that doesn't. What just happened? Didn't make any sense to me. I'm, I'm not convinced we can keep a clean sheet this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think we might be like cursed. Um, either golazos or inch perfect crosses to the head of annoying El Paso players, or own goals or, or bad, bad bounces off of people's faces like it just we're we're kind of cursed so um i i i i'm gonna say three one even though robert just said three one that was where i was going with that because i don't think we can keep a clean sheet but i do think we win by multiple goals um so i'll say three one i disagree with you i disagree with you that we can't keep a clean sheet i think we can i think we absolutely can i think physically um, we're capable of it there's a higher entity out there that just doesn't want us to have clean sheets and we cannot compete with that. 
All right. Well, then uh, we will see your God and say, you know, no, Alex and Bacchus is going to have a clean sheet this weekend. United's going to come out. We're going to have a lot more energy than what we've seen. We're going to see something similar in terms of energy and effort that we saw against Tampa Bay. I'm saying 3-0 United Saturday night. And God said, I hate you, Alfalfa. <laughs> what? Little rascals, I think. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that's going to just about do it for us this evening. Um, before we go to closing thoughts, I do want to let you guys know we are working on something for next week. I don't have 100% confirmation on it yet, but we are working on something. And as soon as we know, we'll let you guys know. So be sure to be here at 9 o'clock next week because uh, we should have something for you guys. Uh, in the meantime, Jacob, why don't you go ahead and get us out of here? Earl, anything else? I have oh, one thing. Quick. Okay. If it, hold on. Time out. If it's Sam Hamilton slander, I don't want to see it. No, right it's here. not. It's actually not even soccer related. Okay. Um, I just want to say. I'll allow it. Uh, congrats to the Las Vegas Knights who won the Stanley World Cup. No, fuck that. Fuck that. That's worse than you oh, said. Oh, we, we, we do have one other. We do have one thing. Um, uh, if I got announced today, Zach Prince, new assistant coach at New York Red Bulls. They've been waiting for this since last week. We knew it was going to happen. That's where that's the expectation. Finally got announced. So congratulations to Zach. We're working back with Troy over in New York. Uh, so all the best to Zach. Hopefully it, it works out for him. So one other thing. Fuck Stan Kroenke. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, so, a little little anecdote anecdote of of the day the night that it got announced that uh, Zach was leaving. Um, so Zach gets announced. They they do the press conference. They do the statements and everything. And then of course afterwards, Zach is going around shaking hands of everybody, giving everybody hugs, telling everybody bye. Uh, so he comes over to me, and uh, you know he shakes my hand and he gives me a hug. Uh, we tell each other to take care of the kids. Uh, and then I say, have fun in New York. Um, cause that was immediately where my mind went to like almost everybody else. And the look he shot me was like kind of, a how did you know that slash no slash maybe slash, I don't know. It was a funny look. And it made me laugh. And so now that I finally know officially that he's going to New York, uh, it, it that moment popped into my head it, when I saw the announcement this morning, and it made me laugh. That's now three United staff slash players that are in New York City. Um, we're we're just taking over the place. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. so, so yeah, congrats to him on that. Uh, I I think the more I have thought about it, the more I think it is a lateral move for his career um even though it is moving up to mls um and was maybe more of a hey we're looking to go in a different direction you might find something else uh type move instead of a hey i'm i'm going here because this is a good move for me, which I think it is a good move for him. I'm not saying that. Uh, I think it might've just been more of a, more of a more closer to a firing than I originally thought, but not a full firing. If that makes sense. Could have been, but that's just where the thought process has come the last few days since, or the last week and a half since we've had time to 
fully digested. So, well, I mean, given given the comments that we've heard, where the where Zach was approached, you know, a little over a month ago, like it's still, I, I like, I kind of understand that you know maybe the club was ready to make a move, like they weren't entirely happy, but at the <clears> same, <throat> you know, given comes from Peter's comments about how we've had the same play style for the past five seasons, you mm-hmm. know, um, <clears throat> but I don't, I don't know. So maybe it was a little closer to that, but the fact that or the fact that um, Zach was approached by New York to go there, like. I don't know. Well, so that's what we've been told Mm -hmm. because that could be the narrative that they want because they don't want it to look like he was fired. So I'm not saying that that's the case. I don't have any inside knowledge on that or anything like that. I'm just saying that that narrative could very easily be tweaked to make it look like, Hey, you're good to go here. Uh, Or, Hey, congratulations they approached you go we're not going to hold you back uh instead of hey maybe you want to go look at uh something else uh because we are wanting to make a move so i don't know exactly what it was uh just with peter's comments coming out with the hiring of itamar um and whatnot i i think that it just kind of shifted my thinking to maybe this was more of a of a go do a new thing as opposed to yeah we're not going to stop you from going to do anything so mm-hmm. just just my thought just my thought but with that um we do have obviously in the next few days we'll be um i'll, I'll be digging into to learn more about uh coach quill and um and looking forward to the first match uh, coming up Saturday at 7 o'clock against RGV. Uh, I believe you can catch that on ESPN Radio because even though I'm not with the company, I am a company man. Um, and, and so you can uh, can catch the guys over there. You can watch it on ESPN Plus uh, with Tyler. I'm not sure who's going to be on the call with Tyler. Probably, hopefully Chris Hurst. But, uh, no. Um, oh, TV. Uh, TV set, yeah. Yeah, TV. Uh, Chris and, and Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. Radio is going to be, is going to be Andy Hageman and Scott Billy. Oh, no, Adam. Okay. No, no. Adam's um, on vacation for the next couple of weeks, I think. Gotcha. Uh, or, or you could just go buy a ticket and go watch the game live at the lab. Uh, if you have not been, it is an experience like no other. I figure most of the people that watch and listen to this have been to the lab. Um, but on the off chance that you just stumbled upon us and you have not, please go uh, to at least a match. Uh, I think, uh, it's well worth it. And hopefully with this new style and new coach, uh, it will be even more worth it than it was in the past. So with that, we will be back Tuesday to talk about the RGB match. Uh, like Seth said, we might have a surprise for you, a little gift. Um, and then, then we turn around and we got Phoenix on Wednesday, uh, right after that, which will might go live. I, I know it's a, a home game, but are you gonna go? Are you gonna be at all the matches, or or do you know yet? Uh, this Saturday, I've got my boys, so probably not. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday shouldn't be a problem. Okay, and then uh, next, next Saturday, I don't know yet. Gotcha. I'm not sure what my schedule is. I'll actually be in Santa Fe on Wednesday, um, so we can we can talk about that later. Uh, bottom line. Next Tuesday, you really want to tune in because uh, we'll at the very least be talking about uh, Eric Will's first match at the helm of New Mexico United and the result of it. Uh, and at the most, we'll be talking to um, 
as a special guest or or have something something up our sleeve for you guys. So be be sure to tune into that one. Uh, thank you guys over in the comments, uh, Robert. You were tolerable tonight, so fuck off. Um, and then uh, uh, Henry, uh, appreciate you being active in the chat the last two night or two weeks. Uh, it means a lot to us. Earl's computer died, um, and so he is obviously not here. Um, Robert, you will be at the game in August. That's awesome. I may or may not be around for it. We will have to see uh, what that uh what the future brings as far as a start date for my academy um but hopefully i can meet up with you guys because i think harry's coming as well so that'll be nice but tune in again next tuesday nine o'clock and be sure to catch the game saturday at seven and uh, until we see you again guys someone's need us you've been listening to somos mas your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.